it's apparent that becoming significantly good at almost anything is extremely difficult without the help of a teacher or coach, at least in the beginning. Without a clear, unbiased view of the subject's performance, choosing the best practice activity will be impossible. Very few of us can make a clear, honest assessment of our own performance. Welcome to another of our CI for Life podcasts. I am Rick Hyland with RLG International. This is a podcast for those individuals passionate about personal and professional continuous improvement. Our purpose, as always, is to provide current and future C-suite leaders the mindset, skill set, and tool set to become leaders of continuous performance improvement. Today's topic is excellence born or developed. How did the greats become great? How did the best athletes and the best musicians become great? How did the captains of industry become the best? Were these individuals just born with their abilities? Did they come out of the womb as the smartest, the most inclined, the most capable? No. Regardless of innate ability or circumstance, every individual who can claim any real success had to work for it. Most masters of any domain meet two criteria. They had expert teachers, parents, mentors, or coaches, and they practiced the right skills more than any other. These two ingredients make up the recipe for being the best. Let's look at a couple of examples. Consider Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is considered the greatest American football receiver of all time. He still owns 38 receiver records, amassed over his 20-year career. Was it because he was the fastest or the best jumper? No, he wasn't either. He wasn't highly recruited for college and started at a small college called Mississippi Valley State University. However, he was the best at quality practicing. Based on his drive and hunger, Rice worked out six times a week in the off-season. He ran five to six miles per day to stay in shape and stay hungry. He practiced the skills necessary to become a great receiver. He practiced much more than he played. Let's look at a business example. Consider Jack Welch. Jack was recognized as manager of the century in 1999. He was the chairman and CEO of General Electric between 1981 and 2001. During his tenure at GE, the company's value rose nearly 4,000%. He was often quoted as saying, no one would mistake me for a genius, but yet he was able to find a mistake or an opportunity in income statement faster than anyone. How did he do it? Did he have some specialized education? Yes, but it was in chemical engineering, not business. Few would doubt that he was a sharp man, but what was it that made it possible for him to become so exceptionally nimble in his domain? The short answer, answer, practice, drive, mentoring, and experience. Here's what Jack Welsh had to say in one of his books to, to, as a key for a successful career. And I quote, finding a mentor to help guide you through the obstacles and challenges that arise throughout your career can be key to your professional success. But Welsh went on to say, don't just look to your superiors or older colleagues for guidance. Finding a mentor can mean identifying someone with a skill you want to learn, not just someone with a better job title. Talent is overrated. Jeff Colvin writes a terrific book called Talent is Overrated. In his book, Colvin asserts that deliberate practice is what, is what makes world-class performers. One particular salient example that I love from one of his books is the example of Laszlo Polgar. Laszlo Polgar lived in the 1960s and was a Hungarian educational psychologist. 
Polgar was absolutely certain that great performers were made, not born. In accordance with his belief, he advertised, get this, he advertised for someone to marry him, stating that together they would raise children from a young age to become world-class chess players. His, can you imagine accepting that proposal? Uh, how romantic. His wife-to-be, Clara, accepted the proposal, and the two of them raised three daughters, Susan, Sophia, and Judith, to become chess grandmasters. How did Laszlo and Clara get their three-peat? Through deliberate practice from a young age. Laszlo really didn't know very much about chess until his children began to grow, but he made up for lost time. The family was said to have 10,000 books on chess in their library. Uh, when Susan was 19, Sophia 14, and Judith 12, they competed as a team in the Women's Chess Olympiad and scored Hungary's first ever victory against the Soviets, becoming national heroes. The learnings from the Laszlo Polgar experiment for, for personal and professional continuous improvement are plentiful and hopeful. You can see how this can apply to any skill or discipline. Do you want to become a great financial investor? Apply the following steps. Identify what a great financial investor does. Commit to practicing great financial learning and acumen every day. Measure yourself versus that commitment. Adjust and course correct with a trusted partner mentor, creating some joint accountability. Warren Buffett's story can shed some light on how experience and practice can open the path to becoming a great investor. Everybody knows that Mr. Buffett is one of the best investors in the world and one of the richest top five richest people in the world. Warren Buffett purchased his first stock when he was 11 years old and worked in his family grocery store in Omaha, where his father Howard Buffett owned a small brokerage and Warren would spend his days watching what investors were doing and listening to what they said. As a teenager, though, he took odd, odd jobs from washing cars to delivering newspapers, using his savings to purchase several pinball machines that he placed in local businesses. Not necessarily the greatest investor start of all time. But when Buffett went on to complete his business degree, um, he then applied for a graduate degree. After being rejected by Harvard Business School, I wonder how they, they don't probably advertise that on their website, he enrolled in graduate studies at Columbia Business School. While there, he studied under Benjamin Graham, who became a lifelong friend, and David Dodd, both well-known security analysts. It was through Graham's class in securities and analysis that Buffett learned the fundamental value of investing. He once stated in an interview that Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor, had changed his life and set him on a path of professional analysis to the investment markets. Also, along with security analysis, co-written by Graham and Dodd, provided Buffett with the proper intellectual framework and a roadmap for investing. Was Warren Buffett born with an insight to business or did he learn from experts and put hours and hours into studying charts and businesses? I suggest the latter. Mr. Buffett, as everyone knows, is now in his 80s and still shows up for work every day. Find someone to direct your practice. It can't be any practice. I can practice all I want on my golf game, but I will continue to make, have the same bad habits with my swing. I need experts to help me do quality practice. In his book, Talent is Overrated, Jeff Colvin continues, and I quote, that someone who thinks they've outgrown the benefit of teacher's help should at least question that view. There's a reason why the best golfers still go to teachers. One of the reasons goes beyond the teacher's knowledge. It is his or her ability to see in you what you cannot see in yourself. 
Colvin continues, a business coach is looking at the same situations as the manager, but can see, for example, that the manager systematically fails to communicate intentions clearly. Colvin continues, it's apparent that becoming significantly good at almost anything is extremely difficult without the help of a teacher or coach, at least in the beginning. Let me, let me say that again. It's apparent that becoming significantly good at almost anything is extremely difficult without the help of a teacher or coach, at least in the beginning. Without a clear, unbiased view of the subject's performance, choosing the best practice activity will be impossible for reasons that can be simply physical, as in sports, or deeply psychological. Very few of us can make a clear, honest assessment of our own performance. I found that in in my 30 years of consulting to be very true. As Colvin continues, we need teachers and coaches to give us an outside perspective of ourselves. So if you want to create a step change in any practice or skill, hire a coach or expert to help you identify what great looks like. Practice those newfound skills with quality and excellence. Continue to adjust and modify based on the coach's feedback and experience. Too many times I found in my 30 years in business practice that people are too proud to receive coaching. Yet we look at our sports model of the best athletes that we admire or musicians. They all have coaches. Imagine if we could lower our ego or or humble ourselves to be open to coaching by experts in their domain. People argue to themselves that they should be able to do that themselves, particularly basic management or leadership skills, that I should be able to do this. The company pays me to do this. But yet, as we look at examples at sports, the arts and business and so on, if you want to find the you want to be the best, you have to get expert coaching on that domain or skill. So let's bring this idea of quality practice to the organizational setting. The lessons for professional continuous improvement are very exciting. Consider your daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly meetings. Are they deliberate? Do you prepare so that you can become great? Do you have after action reviews after a big meeting to determine what you could do better? Also consider your leadership skills. Do you get coaching and feedback on your leadership skills and the areas you want to improve? I would suggest the following process to become great at any business or leadership skill. Identify what skill you're trying to improve, have experts help you identify best in class, share and agree on the expectations with your team, measure your, your success versus the ideal, get feedback from the expert, and course correct and adjust to become a 10 out of 10. You don't have to be a natural to become the best in your field. Just willing, be willing to accept coaching from experts and then implement lots of deliberate practice to increase your skills and abilities. So let's finish where we started. Is excellence born or developed? As I think we've illustrated in our examples, excellence is developed. Isn't that an inspiring message? You too can develop mastery and excellence in your chosen domains. We may not be Jack Welch, Tiger Woods, or Warren Buffett, but we can develop mastery and excellence. And we know the secret recipe for doing so. Hard work, the right mentoring and coaching, deliberate practice of the right skills, and then time. Be patient, keep learning and keep working. Be a master of continuous improvement in your domain. I look forward to your emails highlighting some of the successes. This has been another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast with Rick Highland. For more information, including blogs and videos, find me on ciforlife.org. I look forward to your comments and questions. 
Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.